0: You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome to 2019, The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. We are glad to have you here. And if you are listening, we are a show all about physical bullion, gold, silver, and physical natural fancy colored diamonds. It's all about the tangible. If you can't touch it, you don't own it. And we're going to talk about that in much, much more in today's show. With me, as always, welcome to 2019. Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Myself, Darren Long, also with Guildhall Wealth Management. And we want to extend a warm welcome to our listeners for 2019. And we think that 2019 is poised to be one of, if not the best years on record for precious metals and natural fancy colored diamonds. We've been spending the last few weeks, Jeremy, as you know, talking about the change of tide, the top of a market, the change in mentality. And today's show, we are going to extend that conversation slightly into what the difference might be between the way people thought about our products in 2008 and nine, when we first had that big financial crash and. What might be the difference in 2019 in the way they think about it now? Maybe the idea of speculation versus protection, insurance, long-term wealth, and a different focus for people. And we're gonna talk about that and more in today's show as well as we got some product with us that we're going to spend some time discussing because creating that visual is so important since you can't see it. And remember, if you wanna look at the product, it's as simple as going to guildhallwealth.com or calling one eight seven seven eight silver. That number we will say throughout the show. And getting yourself a free investor kit. It's so important to be educated in this day and age. That is the one way you can make sure you are. And using our website is the other. So congratulations to everybody that bought over the uh, Christmas holiday seasonal break. Uh, welcome to two thousand and nineteen. And Jeremy, welcome yourself to two thousand nineteen. I'm, I'm excited about what this year is going to hold for us.
1: Yeah, it was really. Uh really busy the last week of December, people were taking the time that, you know, we have all busy lives and they were taking their time to say, look, I've been meaning to get here, meaning to get into the market. And uh, so that was that was really great to see. And also this week has also been cr- pretty crazy busy with people getting involved in the precious metal market. And, um, you know, Darren, it, it it's interesting that we both decided we were going to talk a little bit about the difference between what happened to the metals. Um, in 2008 when the markets were coming down. Of course, we're not in the midst of a financial crisis right now. We're not. Um, But uh, we do feel there could be a big one on the horizon. But what was the difference of how people felt about the precious metals back then? What were some of the trends in precious metals back then? How have things changed to where we are today for the setup of what could be an incredible uh, lifetime-changing precious metal bull market coming into 2019 in the next few years?
0: Well, think about it as a clock pictured in front of you. 12 o'clock on that clock is representing the very peak of a market. So when you're at that point, you are at the climax of a bull market where prices are in your favor. You've got profitability there. There's a very large percentage of people who have been successful And up until just a few months ago, Jeremy, that's where we were in terms of the global markets right at that 12 o'clock point. Now, as we've talked over the last couple of weeks, we have passed that 12 o'clock point in most of the traditional markets. The stock markets are the perfect point for us to start in that conversation. We are closer to 1.130 now. And at the same time, uh, you can argue we were at the climax of that marketplace. Precious metals were at 6 o'clock, down at the bottom of the clock in what might have been or considered by many to be a bear market, but we know better hiding in the weeds so to speak waiting for their opportunity the right moment and this is where the conversation of the difference between 10 years ago and now really picks up steam because those precious metals on the upside of a climactic moment and they are closer to about 7 seven thirty, maybe o'clock so let's use that number one eight seven seven eight silver to call get that free investor kit we'll put something there uh, that will help you understand more about our products and uh, jeremy would you not agree this is the moment in time where if we're really looking at true value you got to go ahead you got to get yourself into these markets
1: yeah look one of the big things about 2008, when we were in those markets, Darren, and we were both here in those markets at that time, is both gold and silver had 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 a pretty big run from 2002 through 2008. You know, some ups and downs, but specifically, there was actually a really large run. Silver had basically moved from $5, it moved up to eight, came back. But in 2007 and eight, we really had a run in silver from a basically about $9 up to $21. And so at the onset of the 2008 crisis, silver got bombed down to back down to $8. So if you didn't started the investment early, like 2001, two, three, four, five, six, you were still ahead on your investment, is that last couple years uh, where the market had really made a big run. That was bringing a lot of speculation into the market. And also at that time, people were more inclined to not have physical product. It was more about the ease of getting into the market. It was more about how do I just get access to the market to speculate in it? Um, More people were in silver than in gold, although gold had moved up quite nicely. And so of course, when that first big pullback happened, we saw, and please tell us one of your stories as well, Darren, but I remember we saw a split between the type of clients we had. There were people who were saying, "Okay, if the price came down like this, there must be a major problem because markets aren't working properly here." Um, we had others that were fed up that the price had come down and that sort of speculator, and they were, they were out, they were
0: gone. Well, there were a lot of different warning signs, Jeremy, that are different than they are now, but. The, the story was the same. Nothing has really changed fundamentally, and the reasons why we want to own gold and silver are still there, and they've underpinned that market the whole time. But back then, you're right. People were thinking speculatively. It was an era of speculation. We had seen the dot-com bubble burst, and people were doing nothing but speculating that whole decade uh, in in what might be the future, and what companies could be potentially be, most of which was without earnings whatsoever. These companies had multiple times their value. They were trading in astronomically high terms in terms of the stock market valuations, and none of them were producing anything. They were just ideas, concepts. This is back in ninety nine. Ninety nine, coming out Correct. to that. Dot com boom, and then the attention shifted into you know when we had 9/11 occur, um, to to different parts of the marketplace, and some suffered dramatic pullbacks. The dot com bubble burst. It was uh, the housing bubble that was beginning to pick up steam, and a lot of people speculated there. And you know we heard story after story of people owning two, four, six. Uh, homes that couldn't afford one but because valuations were rising so quickly they were losing money on rental income just because the fact is they owned they bought it to, to sell it at a higher price and that's yeah. all they worried about and those types of things were happening left and right so you were right a hundred percent of people that were getting into the marketplace had a reason for doing it but only a percentage were doing it for the long term <laughs> And and back then, the other thing, too, which was a key ingredient was when you look at the ratio of buyers to sellers. Now, folks, I'll admit for every ounce bought, there is an ounce sold. But when we're talking about our particular business Guildhall as an entity, if I look between 2002 to 2011, inclusive of that period of breakdown, our buy sell ratios were about for every 10 buyers, there were five sellers at the end of the day. And if I fast forward it, I mean it might not have been two thousand eleven. I think 11, in two thousand eight. But overall sure. overall if we compare that, it was closer to, you know, two times the amount of buying to selling. Right now in two thousand and eighteen, even if we measure back to just say the bottom of these markets more recently in two thousand and fifteen, mm-hmm. that ratio is somewhere around 50, 60 buys to one sell. And i mean it's ridiculous because most of the people selling now have a reason either they need the money they're not selling because they're profitable it's a much different mentality and this mentality is going to be a very long-term mentality a very uh insurance forward mentality i want to protect my wealth
1: yeah again i think that in 2008 2007 there was good speculation in the market when the market came down there was kind of a split between people who were fed up with that speculation and people who started to regard the metals as a, a real form of insurance. And don't forget, that's when central banks started buying gold as well. Proper today, and and also there was a lot of people investing in paper. I mean, every other <laughs> seemed like looking back, every other person had a certificate of some kind. Um, the ETF was brand new. The silver ETF. Today, and over the last five, six years, Darren, there's been a movement towards physical product. You can see that in, you know, there's a lot more e-stores out there for people to get physical bullion. Um, We offer the RSPs with the physical bullion. And there's been a demand more for people to say, if I can't hold it, I don't own it. I want the real thing. I don't want some counterparty risk. And for that, the people who have been acquiring precious metals over the last five years have been building this incredible base that we have in precious metals and i think that that's a big difference because i guess when we come back from the break we'll talk about the fact that in 2007-8 the market had gone on a run whereas right now we're consolidating those are two big differences of where to start from all right we're
0: going to talk about that and much much more in fact we're going to talk about warning signs we have product to talk about we have diamonds to talk about we're going to talk about uh, what these all mean in the, in the large context of the market and where silver and gold uh, fall right now. And in order to understand this better, you need to get educated. So let's call the number 18778 silver. go over to the website guiltallwealth.com, get that free investor kit. It's so important to have that in your hands to help make good decisions whether it be to take the product home, maybe you're shopping online through our e-store. If you feel you need to ensure that a little further, maybe you wanna open up a depository account and store physical gold and silver. We'll talk about products later in the show or maybe even use the concept of other people's money. We call it allocated financing. It could be potentially one of the most explosive ways to invest and capture as much return as possible in these gold and silver markets as these bull markets continue to grow we'll talk about that and much much more when we come back you are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto now back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management and uh, here we are 2019 welcome to those of you that took the time out to listen we are grateful and we are thankful that you are here with us now talking about of course our favorite products in the entire world physical gold physical silver natural fancy colored diamonds now before we get going here Jeremy it's important to remind people that as much as we love gold and silver. We love natural fancy colored diamonds. They're money makers. I mean, this is what it's all about, people. We're here because we want to protect our wealth. We want to make money for ourselves in these markets. How do we do it? We talk about gold and silver all the time. Jeremy, you've got a diamond right in front of you. It's beautiful. Tell us more about it. Yeah, so the diamond that um,
1: we're looking at right now, Darren, is a a 1.14 vivid yellow. It's internally flawless. Uh, This is a diamond that Ten years ago would have probably been in the mid thirties, taxes in. It's something today that sells for around fifty-four, fifty-five thousand taxes in. So you can see how within even less than a decade, um, the diamond is is almost doubled in value, which is incredible to think about, especially when it's a hard asset that you can enjoy. You could literally put it into a piece of jewelry, uh, enjoy, wear it, uh, have fun with it. I'm looking at it right now. It is hard to take my eyes off of it, the brilliance in it, uh, the fire. It's just a gorgeous diamond to look at. And, uh, you know, we do have private consultations that we can have with our clients where they can come to the office and see some of the diamonds like this, especially to to see a collection of internally flawless yellow diamonds, something that you would never see Ever, I mean, you can go to a jewelry store and they might have one yellow. It's probably VS quality. So to see a, a, a an accumulation of diamonds like this is is quite rare. And a diamond like this, you know, you're talking maybe 50 diamonds a year between one and three carats coming to market. So these are incredibly rare, and that's in that's why in part the value of these continue to rise and rarity, so, is everything. rarity is everything so if you're looking for a way to protect and grow wealth you should definitely be considering a natural fancy color diamond we do have a couple incredible guides one to discuss the market in general it's a quick guide that you can get through Guildhall, and the other is a 10-step buyer's guide so you can call us directly take a look at those guides open your open the horizon a little bit to a concept of you know real concentrated wealth like a natural fancy color diamond
0: it's a money maker i'm telling you right now 2019 for me is about being as transparent as possible helping people to make money in these markets i can think of no better way to do it gold silver natural fancy color diamond this is a prime example of what is making money and what will continue to do so We're happy to get you into those markets. As Jeremy said, you gotta get yourself that free investor kit. It's so important to have that in your hands to make good decisions about your wealth, especially where your family is involved. one 877 silver or guildhallwealth.com. And also reminding you that when you go to the diamond section on our website, you can see these diamonds. They are there for you to peruse. Your screen might look different than my screen, but the fact is we're staring at something that is absolutely breathtaking. It is rare and rarity equals money. It's what is going to make a return for you. So when we're talking about diamonds, Jeremy, I can't help but think of, of how soundly I sleep at night owning natural fancy colored diamonds not the case right now if i'm in the stock market though it's extremely volatile volatility is something that hasn't been discussed for a while believe it or not despite the fact that there have been gains people have become so complacent by that consistency in the stock market rising that they've forgotten this is a very volatile place to be from time to time
1: yeah listen we have. At- you, you probably have a tough time finding anyone who wouldn't agree that the stock prices are, are really highly valued at this point. I was talking with a client yesterday, Darren. We were talking about um, the need for cash and this idea that if if you believe in having some cash on the side, whether it's having a little bit of cash at home, having some liquidity in the bank, having some liquidity in your stock portfolio – then if you're a believer in cash, you should also be a believer in gold. Because gold is hedging the cash at the end of the day. you know We've seen gold rise roughly around 8% a year in Canadian dollars over the last um, 17 years. And this is how you want to protect against the dollar itself. So it's one thing to say, okay, I don't want to have cash in the bank. I'm going to put it under the bed. Except that you can lose value of that cash to inflation. If you have gold under the bed, you're not going to lose value to inflation because it, it it doesn't need the dollar. It's its its own currency. It's global. It has no central bank attached to it. So the idea is this. For any of our listeners who believe, yeah, you know what? It's a smart thing to have some cash, whether I put it in a safety deposit box, under the bed, even in a, in a checking account, having some cash in in the stock portfolio, then you should definitely be considering – having another form of cash or real money, which is physical gold or silver.
0: 18778 Silver. Guildhallwealth dot com is the website. Jeremy, in addition to talking about that and what and how natural fancy color diamonds make us feel as investors, sharing with people some of the product that we have is something we don't do often enough. Mm-hmm. I'm holding in my hand such a simple thing. I mean and I'll even be the first to admit, I'm not a huge coin buyer myself per se. However, I have in my hand right now a 2018 Rand. This is a very common coin found around the world. LBMA approved product. Uh, very excellent uh, example of how to own one ounce of silver available on our site. It is a beautifully crafted coin and it's a common coin. So you can find this and have liquidity and own this as part of your wealth. People don't know always that they can choose to do this. But in fact, not only can you do that, in holding this coin, which is so unique in the way it sounds, the way it feels in your hand. uh, I'm I'm often reminded of years gone by uh, when, you know, I would look to relatives, I would look to uncles and uh, maybe grandfathers they always had a silver coin in their pocket. That was my family, always flicking it, and always that click of the ting, that sound it made, the timbre of that coin. It was so distinct. It was silver, and, and you knew it was.
1: And it was also very clean. It right? is silver. Silver coins are incredibly qu- clean because silver naturally absorbs bacteria. Right. But there's also, you know, people will look at the coins, and um, we have to we have to decipher between numismatic and what we call bullion right regular
0: coins coins are not coins are not coins
1: right so and and just because a coin is expensive doesn't mean it's numismatic or has any additional value to it because it's rare um you know you see a lot of those type of things oh if it's got a polar bear on it or a a skier and it's you know three times the price of, of spot price then it must be a rare coin no it's probably not going to gain any additional value. you're just going to pay three times the price for the silver that's in it. This is why these type of coins are so important because if you can buy a Krugerrand, you know you're paying a couple dollars over spot maybe 250 over spot um, you're paying for the minting of the product as opposed to buying a bar which is uh, less to produce.
0: but a premium perhaps for the icon that's being used it, on the particular coin in many cases the Queen's head Exactly. Um, or in this case, a famous South African
1: politician. That's right. Um, But uh, at the end of the day, it's a much lower cost of doing business. You are getting that one-ounce increment, so you're getting that extra liquidity, and
0: uh, you're getting that security of having a few coins at home type of thing as well. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, the same can be said for gold. I mean, what you have in front of you there, I find... Uh, an incredible way uh, to accumulate gold holdings because uh, let's face it there is a big difference in price between gold and silver. Gold is 1280 spot price plus right now US dollars which means just to buy one ounce I'm I'm laying out a, a sizable chunk. Now investors come along every day and they want to spend that kind of money all the time it happens here on a regular basis but another way to get into the market in using physical examples of product is what you're holding right there, which are one gram bars of gold. And these are not coins. These are a different uh, beast altogether. They are absolutely gorgeous. They come in 25 gram packs or you can break them up into whatever increments you like. Also available on our website, correct?
1: Correct. So this is a 25 pack, uh, PAMP Swiss, um, and uh, obviously there's 31 grams in an ounce give or take so this is just shy of one ounce but you're getting the ability to break off one one gram at a time so these end up being great gifts in actual fact darren these are exactly what we give for clients who open up registered accounts absolutely our, so, our listeners will know these yeah so what we them. yeah we give clients up to 10 grams so for every 5000 U.S. invested, uh, they would get up to, to 10 grams, which right now is worth about $600 Canadian mm-hmm. um, plus. So that's an incredible rebate back to the client in terms of taking care of a trade fee, which is nineteen ninety five, dollars um, allocating the product, meaning getting your own specific inventory report, which is $2 a bar. So that goes a long way, and we like giving giving these uh, type of gifts to our clients, and I think that's what they do mostly with these, Darren, is they actually end up giving them away as gifts. Um, I had a, um, a sister-in-law have a baby recently, and I gave them grams of gold, and I think that... that worked out really well for them
0: well whether it's for gifting whether it's for yourself whether it's for long-term short-term it is a great way to break up that wealth and have additional liquidity and get yourself into that market as well one eight seven seven eight silver is a number to call guildhallwealth.com is the website while you're there Take a look at the e-store, making buying online very easy for you and affordable. These grams and the kookarans that we discussed in the segment are there online, so you can go and see them. In addition to that, you might want to have an account that is in your RSP, maybe a TFSA, maybe both. If you're not sure how that is possible, call us. Call that number. We will talk to you about how to open up a registered account, getting either existing funds in another RSP from another institution over to Guildhall and using it to own gold and silver or starting a brand new one from scratch. And those beautiful one grand bars will go into those accounts. That and much, much more. When we come back, we're going to talk more about warning signs and volatility, a little bit about what's happening in a particular company that might surprise you if you weren't paying attention to the news this week and what it means in the grand scheme of things when we see this happen. That and much, much more when we return on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. You are listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. What a fitting song, love that track. But again, and I know Jeremy, you hate it when I bring that up, but the fact is free falling, it's very fitting, right? I mean, listen, patriotism, all things wrapped up into one people hanging on to the dream. Listen. That was what 2018 was all about. It was that dream that from here, where do things go? How big will the stock market get? How much housing, you know, um, um, return is still left, and, and where can I speculate? But listen, who all, was thinking that it's way? It's all coming down. Uh, this every bobbleheads on, on every CNBC. single bobblehead in in media was thinking that way. Every single banker, every single person that was tied into those institutions was thinking like that and trying to get you and me, the investor and the American investor to think the same way. The the problem is we're not the same person we were back in the early to mid uh, first decade of the 2000s. And when that financial calamity occurred and when it all broke down, we learned a very valuable lesson that wealth is meant to be generated long term. There's no shortcut to being successful here. We have to focus on the long term. Gold and silver has done that and then some, and we can think of so many examples where that's the case. In fact, we were just talking about one this week, a very important one that we'll be talking about and discussing over the next couple of weeks. We're putting it together visually here in office, which was the housing example with gold that we we're talking about. And uh, that's something that's very important to discuss. It holds its purchasing power. That's what gold and silver does. We talked about natural fancy colored diamonds earlier. There's volatility. And what I wanted to share was that there are some reminders of 2008 and 9 that are very eerily similar to this particular time. And in the break, you and I discussed the notion that there were some, let's call them big swingers out there big huge banking people big huge institutional investors that were being brought out into the media in 2008 and 9 to they, quell the fears that existed it
1: was a big different it, there's a lot of differences and and there are. you know you had Hank Paulson and, and Timothy Geithner and, and Bernanke they were all out front they, there was there was serious issues going on and when they have to when, when you're seeing them all in a panic you're going to get panicked and you're going to say what's going on and things un- unwound really really quickly this time around um, you know we've had a year of volatility where people have been able to take some some long-term warning signs and say okay it's been 10 years maybe I should maybe I should consider um, hedging my bets at this point Darren we speak with a lot of our listeners, a lot of clients coming in and I, I don't know about you but I'm hearing the same thing over and over again stock markets had a good run. I'm worried. I'm concerned about the stock market at this point. I, I'm scared to get into real estate at this point. It's also been on a great run. Um, Eight out of ten people, where, Jeremy. Where, where do now. you go at this point? And um, you know, and then, and then there's others who are waiting for the right sign to get out of the market, right? Like a year of volatility isn't enough. <laughs> How do you find more, right? Look, this is about hedging. This isn't about one or the other. It's about Knowing, hey, look, at the end of the day, gold has been consolidating for the last few years, but it's been rising as well. Gold has been net positive since 2013 in Canadian dollars. That's crazy. September, we were down 6%. And by the end of the year, we were up 7% in Canadian dollars. And if I'm not mistaken, we're in Canada right now, and we're talking to a Canadian listenership. So you want something that's going to be positive in your portfolio and hedge against the dollar. Because if you're invested in Canadian equities, that's the Canadian dollar. So even if the equities are rising, if the dollar's falling, you're in trouble. So we need something that's going to hedge that. Again, in 2008, the markets had gone on a big run. So the fact that they came off, looking back, we shouldn't have been so surprised. We were. What we were surprised with was the V-shape recovery at the time, remember? We went down to $8 in silver In Eight, silver. Yeah. But you couldn't buy it at $8. No, no. That was interesting. You, you st- the, the wholesalers were like, you still have to pay $12. Mm-hmm. This number is, is fictitious. We're not going to sell it. So that's something to keep in mind here. A stock could go to zero. Precious metals can't. There is a physical world, and the physical people who sell that product will say, mm, no mass, uh, here's my price. Mm-hmm. I think today you have this accumulation of you know all of the investors over the last few years who've been buying silver sub $20 they're not looking to sell anytime soon they're not being scared out of the market if the market goes up to $19 as if it's going to fall back down again and so this is why it's been consolidating this is why even at this is why both metals are undervalued today and both are coming into
0: a bull market we believe with a lot of strength 18778 Silver Guildhallwealth.com is the website. And Jeremy, we should make 2019 about educating our clients even more than we've done because them knowing what we know about the bullion market is just as important. We don't aim to hide anything from our clientele. And one of the things that we don't discuss often enough on this show. Aside from the volatility and the problems we see behind those headlines and those big, huge numbers that they throw out there trying to paint the rosy picture, is what's happening in bullion itself. Here's another difference between what happened in 2008 and 2009 and what's mm-hmm. happening now. Okay. Back then, the product coming through our office, yes. whether it was 100 ounce oh. silver bars, I know where you're going, it was 10 yep. you know, ounce silver bars, or there was ounce bars of gold, whatever it was, kilo gold bars. The product that was being used was a mix match, a mix mash of, of all kinds of different years of product. We had old, outdated product like Engleheart and Silver Bars, Johnson Matthew, that some of our listeners will know better. We had all kinds of product in all different years. And the for example, those bars stopped being created in the late 80s. And so we had bars coming through our office from every angle. Well, over the last 10 years, what's happened? Is that as of 2019 now all the bars that we're getting in our office are either just the year before or being made to order yeah there is no product being recycled there's nothing and that's when we talked about that difference between the buyer and the sellers now you know there's there's so many more tens of tens of tens times multiple buyers than there are sellers and effectively what that change what that tells us here is that even in the short term the mentality is changing and the product availability is changing because the underpinnings of this market happen to coincide with a time when there's been a renaissance in demand for this product
1: yeah there's been a decade of of central bank buying gold gold being brought more into the for into the discussion if you will physical being more in demand than paper type of investments in the past. And you're right, Darren, we were seeing some pretty knocked up bars. I remember when I was buying gold in 2007, I was getting, I wasn't buying Royal Canadian mint and blister packs. I was getting Johnson Matthew product myself and, loose and product. it was loose. It wasn't in any plastic or anything like that. I could hold it in my hand to the point that I could end up starting to, to mold it because you know, that's it, it's gold. It's, it's very malleable. So, Um, yeah there was a lot of different product that kind of cold storage product was coming out of the woodwork at that point and it's all been sucked back and now it's made to order as you said and I think that even small moves in this market are creating um, uh, delivery delays and we're seeing that recently so you know buying a few hundred ounces is pretty easy buying several thousand ounces, you start to end up with with longer
0: wait times for for physical silver. For sure. I mean, the tail end of last year is a perfect example. We talked to uh, a colleague, if you will, in Andrew McGuire, who some people may or may not know. He's the silver whistleblower. Look his name up. He's an important part of this story that's developing in, in silver and gold. And we were discussing with him about his client demand on the other side of the world overseas in Hong Kong. And believe it or not, He was saying the same thing. I mean, he's saying, look, I can't fill orders, very large orders. And that's what my clients want. A lot of my clients want to buy 100000 plus U.S. dollars of gold in every purchase they make. And I can't fill these orders. I'm having to fill it bits and pieces here and there. The same thing here. We can't go to our suppliers and say we need a million dollars of the product tomorrow. doesn't exist. It's made to order. Okay, well, we're rationing as, it's, as as we speak. You're waiting for the Canadian Mint to produce it. Absolutely. So they've got to get the product in and got to get it made. And that, again, is a warning sign that the perfect storm is developing because if you could paint a picture of the best bull market that could be developed, wouldn't it be one in which we know prices are going to go higher, in which there's limited amount of actual product available? Of course it would. I mean, that's that's the best outcome that we could have possible now in addition to gold and silver jeremy the other side of this story that doesn't get enough attention is natural fancy colored diamonds we talked about earlier in the uh in the earlier segments in the show but you brought up in particular an interesting diamond which is a fancy vivid yellow it's a 1.14 carat and what we kind of glazed over is the difference in price now versus just a few years ago five six years ago and you had mentioned that maybe five, six years ago, you were buying that diamond or 10 years ago, uh, you know, up to 50, 60% less than what you're paying for now. And in some cases, maybe even half the price it is now, depending on the type of diamond you were buying. It's an interesting story because a lot of people are, are fearful of new ideas, but when you delve into this in terms of natural fancy colored diamonds, what you're uncovering for yourself is a tremendous profitability option for your wealth.
1: Yeah, you know, there there was a time in in the early 2000s where where the diamonds were were moving rapidly. There was a a, a lot of interest in, in natural fancy color diamonds. Um, but they've continued to rise at a, at a nice pace in the market and there's no big discovery coming around. And uh, there's always been a limited supply of natural, fancy-colored diamonds. There is no natural, fancy-colored diamond mine out there. You're lucky if you find a few, and you're lucky if you like the Argyle mine or the Cullinan mine, where you know there are some that come out of that mine, like the Argyle is pink, Cullinan has had, has had the, the yellow diamonds. But that's not the main source for that mine. You're just lucky if you can get some more coming to market. The type of pinks that we normally acquire for our collection, Darren, we haven't been offered a single one in almost two years to try to find you know, a VS quality pink diamond. So we know that the supply, people have, have kept that to themselves and we're not seeing more coming to market.
0: And as a result, this is, bar none, one of the most handsome ways for a person to make money. And that's what we're here to do. I mean, this is what we want our clients in 2019 to be among the best winners out there. Natural Fancy Colored Diamonds are one of the best ways to do that. Get in here and get yourself a free investor. Okay, call the number one 78 silver or go over to guildhallwealth.com. We'll send out a package of information that will include information on Natural Fancy Colored Diamonds. And we'll talk to you when you call about the type of gains that are being made especially if you want to talk about this particular diamond and we can go right back to the first few years we were in 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 the business and what the prices were versus what they are in 2019. That and much, much more. More on volatility, more on what the warning signs are going forward. And I promised you guys we would talk about a company that had some trouble this week and why it's a warning sign of what might be coming out there. You should be paying attention. We are. We want you to be making money. You can do that here. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Now, back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to The Real Money Show. Welcome back to 2019, the first show of this year. And Jeremy, we have been talking about a lot of things today, but the most important takeaways, gold, silver, natural fancy color diamonds. So exciting right now. Warning signs being shot across the bow, left and right. Uncertainty. Yeah, let's let's talk about
1: let's talk about this warning sign that you've been keeping us tethered to this entire show. What is this warning sign? Well
0: people don't realize it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need a real kick as a reminder that the best has already come and the worst is on its way. And that week and that we can say happened this week. If you're looking for signs and you don't believe what we're talking about, look no further than Apple Shares. They had a one-day pullback of nearly 9% this week. We're taping here on a Thursday, and that is a very scary prognosis for what lies ahead. I'm not saying that in and of itself it is uh, a predictor of anything, but when you couple that with what else is happening, J.P. Morgan uh, coming out and talking about growth almost halting in 2019, Morgan Stanley saying global auto sales are going to have one of the worst years in the last decade, maybe even a globally negative year for auto sales. First time it's ever happened. And these are the warning signs in and of themselves. One by one may mean very little, but when you start listening to them like we do and talking about where money is shifting to, you'll recognize very quickly that there are warning signs everywhere.
1: Yeah, there's another one. We saw an article this week. Canadian mortgage credit growth drops to a 22 year low signaling the end of the housing boom
0: is that from our friends over at Zero Hedge.
1: It's actually from Van City Guide. Ah, that's a so, very important
0: point because we're in Canada, and that is very impactful as far as we are concerned. Because you're seeing a very different phase in credit in borrowing as it relates to housing right now.
1: Yeah, part of it is the government; they're trying to quell the, the bubble themselves, which. You you know okay I applaud them two. for doing sure, something absolutely. although you could have just not lowered the rates in the first place uh, and and fueled it but uh, but the other part of it is you just kind of reach a mathematical end to things right okay I borrow more I borrow mon- cheap money and buy a property yes I'm spending more but I've borrowed very cheaply and then the next person has to borrow more and the next person has to borrow more and so you do reach a limit at some point um, and then. You know, you can start throwing out the the incoming um, speculative money into the market. So, you know, we are seeing problems with the housing market. Everyone agrees. You know how everyone is a real estate expert, right, Darren? So, well, that's um, the typical when, sign. Isn't when it? I when I'm having conversations with people, they they all seem pretty pretty much in agreement that, you know, it's it's tough. Like if to try to flip a home in these days in this economic environment is is tough there are some people still able to do it and still wanting to do it but i'm saying as an overall conversation with people that seems to be something that they're discussing that they're saying "Mm, uh, uh, that's something i'd probably want to stay away from so things are shaping up for an alternative in the market and i think gold is really starting to fill that void and one of the biggest aspects of gold or and silver and a natural fancy colored diamond as 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 real money as commodity money is that there's no counterparty risk so when you own physical gold in your hand which is part of our motto can't hold it don't own it is that you're not an unsecured creditor to anybody to anything that's your money that's your wealth it's secured it's protected now the question becomes where is gold and silver going darren 2019 pull out your pull out your crystal ball if you will
0: you well paul's he seems to think, when he's on this show, he seems to think that his has been broken. I'm going to tell you right now, mine's not. Oh, Mine is not broken. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the price of gold will be X amount of dollars anytime this year, or silver. What I will say is that I am very comfortable in looking into my crystal ball that, from the perspective of the marketplace, gold and silver are about to take off. And in a big way, Jeremy, they are going to... Whether that takes a year, two, maybe five, who knows what this run will be. It could be multiple climaxes. Like we had four from 2002, 2011. This could be four or more in this run over the next 10 years, maybe even. But what I do know is that more so than the mentality that they had back in in the early 2000s, this mentality is a long-term mentality. What I know is that there are no sellers right now. And it's going to take an awful high price in either gold or silver for people to let go of their product. What I know, in the marketplace, that perfect storm is culminating on many levels. And the closest levels to us, which are the bullion supply levels, we are seeing all kinds of problems develop. Whether it's the supply chain, whether it's the logistics, whether it's now people becoming uh, very savvy when they're dealing with bullion and wanting to move it to other places around the world. This means more people are buying the physical versus the paper and that trend is going to continue. So that in and of itself means that you're taking those ounces away from the marketplace means nobody else can have them. Yeah. You can't put them into some institution or some bank that's going to hypothecate them where 10 people own the same ounce. Yeah. When you buy that ounce from Gil you guarantee one thing. You are the only owner of that ounce. Absolutely. And that is important. Now, Jeremy, throughout the show today, we've been discussing physical product. We talked about the Krugerands earlier in the show. You talked about the PAMP, beautiful one-gram gold bars. Uh, And now we have something else to discuss. And it's very heavy. It's beautiful. It's shiny. And what do you got? I mean, you've got to paint the picture. It's the Australian Kookaburra,
1: and it's a kilo coin. Did you find that in the gum uh, tree? (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't. But uh, I did learn a little bit about the Kookaburra when I was uh, researching this this coin. But it is it's amazing what they've done in terms of the artistry on it. But the the cost is is not much different than buying a, a silver maple. And uh, one thing you'll notice on the backside with the um, Queen's profile on it is that it says thirty dollar face value, which is kind of an interesting thing. A lot of people ask why is the uh, face value so much lower than what the cost for the, for the product is today, and part of that, Darren, is because if it was closer to spot price and the spot price fell below the cost val- the face value of the coin, people would redeem it at the higher price. Righto. So that is why the, they, they do have to put a denomination on the coin. But it's always much, much lower. I think there was a story once where the Royal Canadian Mint got caught on some coins that were like $20 uh, face value, and the price went down to 18 and a whole bunch of people redeemed. So that's why they do it at a lower face value. It has nothing to do with the value of the product.
0: Suffice it to say, on the Maple Leaf coins, the face value of those coins hasn't changed in eons. They're like we, five dollars. Five dollars on a silver coin and fifty on a on a on a one ounce gold coin. And this is pretty heavy. By it way. <laughs> is very heavy, right? I mean, listen, one kilo of silver is thirty two point one five troy ounces, and it is very heavy. And to have twenty or thirty of those. Let's talk about it. You've got to store it. You can't take it home and hopefully just put it in the sock drawer. It's going to break your desk, going to break your storage unit. It's not comfortably fitting into a safety deposit box. So when it comes to storage, that's an important point to remember. We didn't talk about it very much throughout this show, but you have to talk about it. And that is why we have a depository account, a place where you can store your bullion safely, securely. It's insured and where you can touch it when you need to hold on to it, to see it, where you get your allocation, where you get your product segregated in your name, and where you get your inventory and your serial numbers. This is all common sense stuff, folks. But when it comes to physical bullion, we know you're new to this. We want you to have the best possible outcome. This is the way to do it.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that as well, Darren, is that holding it in a depository with a market like silver specifically where you know it's lumbersome and you want to make sure it's yours still you want to make sure that you have the physical but the market moves really quickly so you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you're having to put 300 pounds worth of product into your car and drive it over to guildhall to be able to sell when you could pick up the phone and sell right away Uh, you could only imagine the type of gains that you could keep in a market that's moving down at some point, right? So if silver goes up to $40 an ounce and comes off $5, as an example, you want to be able to sell near that top and very quickly, rather than, oh, by the time you get it in the car and get it somewhere, it's already come down. So that could actually really save a lot of profits. and uh, obviously, it's, this is the name of the game,
0: keeping your money that you do make, right? Well, that's what 2019 is going to be about. Future shows are going to be focused on that. We want our clients to win, bar none. You do that number of ways. Own gold own silver, own natural fancy colored diamonds, own all three if your pocketbook can afford it. We're not here to test it, we're just here to show you and give you guidance about how it works. If you wanna open up an account with Guildhall, call the number one eight seven seven eight silver or go over to guildhallwealth.com. There we will share with you some fantastic insight. You'll get your free investor kit, you'll get onto the weekly email news list and you will get some exciting information about the market on a week to week basis. Our compliments to you for just being part of this now if you heard anything on the show this week that you need clarification on again use the number call get educated this is an exciting time for us jeremy in the weeks to come although nothing goes straight up or straight down i'm sure we'll have some exciting moments uh, over 2019 in many markets but the fact is the tide is changing and the clock has swung past 12. that climax in the traditional markets is over growth is starting to slow it is time for precious metals and natural fancy-colored diamonds to shine. one 877 silver Guildhallwealth.com is the website. We'll be back next week, folks. We want to thank you for listening. And as always, it's getting cold out there. It's winter. Take care of those who are unfortunately in a situation they don't have control over. Give to your local food banks. Help out those in need. We want to thank you, and we will talk to you next week on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. You've been listening on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.